What's going on, everybody? You're listening to Seggy Station. Man, that's a nickname. What was I to say? With no shame. Tuesday, August 3rd, 2021. Hope all is well out there, everybody. Hope everyone's staying safe. Nick Seglin here. You're listening to Seggy Station Podcast. We're supposed to have Chu Smats the Stats Kid making a return today, but a COVID scare at work has him turning around en route to my house. Luckily, he found out before he came and we actually did the pod. Considering I'm unvaccinated, considering everything's still going on with COVID, I think people should get some information on it. I'm trying to get this vaccine soon, I think. Things are getting a little sketchy. Obviously, continuing to impact sports, not only at the Olympics, but all professional sports is COVID. And people are still clearly treating it the wrong way. And I think we're going to find ourselves in a problem because of it. Um, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. I don't want to be the person getting COVID because I'm not vaccinated because everyone else is fucking up. So it's been a wild week, busy week in sports. Rich is still expected to come through. A lot of this stuff going on in the NBA. We had the NBA draft, NBA free agency happening last night. Over $1.5 billion in the first six hours. So there's plenty of stuff to touch on in sports. Had plenty of MLB updates I wanted to get in with Chu. We had the MLB draft, MLB trade deadline, which was considered to be potentially one of the best ever. We'll have to save that till next time. NFL training camps really r- ramping up. You got the Hall of Fame game this week. And obviously the Olympics, I believe it's the last week of the Olympics. A lot of things heating up with more medals on the line. And shout out to Simone Biles getting back out there, winning a bronze in the balance beam final after missing and having to withdraw a few events due to mental health. And I think that in itself takes a lot of courage. And I appreciate her for all the slander she's gotten. I'm about to give a ton of slander back to all those people because... I don't think anybody understands any of that stuff unless they've gone through it themselves. She had the twisties, the yips, whatever you want to call it, mental blocks, mental hurdles, battling through adversity. I think she's a champion just in that right. She doesn't owe us anything. She handled it with class and everything kind of going on in sports this week has me Feeling real happy to come back, finally get on the podcast here. Appreciate all love and support, obviously, for the podcast. It's been a good week for me, good week in sports. Look forward to catching up with at least Rich today. As always, you can follow along on my Twitter or Instagram page, at Seggy Station. Still got the podcast up on my Twitch stream. It's underscore Seggy underscore G. And I just got my 200th episode up on Podbean. I'm into my 16th episode of Season 7 on Spotify, about to start up Season 8 today. Looking forward to doing it. As always, appreciate all love and support for the podcast. Right now, it's time for Straight Talk. Brought to you by Seggy Straight Talk microphone. It's always direct. Time to reflect. Enjoy the show. Is that a Space Jam hat? What is that? Yeah, bro. I got a Space Jam hat in. I'm feeling good today, dude. I was... All right, listen to this, dude, because... This is why I started up. This is why I started up podcasting because I haven't potted in over a week. Last last day off I had was Monday. I just been too busy. I had a couple of times where I probably could have come in done a solo with everything going on. It's been a wild busy sports week with the MLB, NBA draft, free agency, NFL starting up, Olympics. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just nonstop with the sports. Dude, I was so pumped. She was gonna come through. We about to talk baseball for an hour, half hour, whatever. 
you were about to come through. I was going to have a little break, get the Sports Center update. We were going to talk NBA for a half hour, hour. It was about to be one of the best pods I've done in a while. And COVID just impacted the pod because Chewy, I, he's he, he just stopped over because he had something for me anyways. And he's like on the way over to pod. He gets a text basically. Yo, someone at work test positive. Like, I don't even know. He's like all mad because we've talked about it so much on the pod. And I guess it's a dude like he said he he's one of only two dudes at work that are vaccinated. And I get all this shit for not being vaccinated. And I was talking to my neighbor about it. And I went on a date this week and had to tell the person who asked me, oh, are you vaccinated? Even though it's just like, I, I've been dealing with that anyways. And I've given you plenty of excuses not to get vaccinated. All the excuses I have, bro. I think this shit's getting real bad again. Like I, I almost want to like go get an appointment today to get this shit. Cause I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on, dude? People are just acting so ridiculous with this whole thing, man. And it's gotten to a point where it's still impacting sports. Obviously it's impacting other individuals and their families. And then you got other people that are, and I, and I love Raj. Like he was on my pod last week. I love him dead ass. Like, but I think that's another thing I love about what I've been covering and what I've been doing is like Raj will come on right to my face and be like, yeah, dude, COVID's over. And, and I'm like, all right, bro. I'm like, I just saw fucking Lamar Jackson, fucking all these dudes, all these people testify. Like, I don't know, man, to me, COVID isn't over to me. It's just cranking back up again. And it's about to get real bad again. And and where that's going to leave us, you know, with the NFL season, NBA starting back up in a couple months, even with all these great things going on in sports, dude, for me, I'm just like, damn, this is pretty depressing. Cause everybody just wants to act like everything's all cool. And to me, everything's yeah. not cool right now. I don't know. If my my example will be, I don't know why you're so blurry on my screen. I'm about to like kick you out. Yeah, I'm clear on mine. I'll even come back. All right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now you're looking clean. Now you're looking fresh. Nice hat. See, I couldn't even tell what hat you were wearing. All right, love it. What's good? Yeah, the example I'll give is ostriches put their put their heads in the stand when they're scared because they think no one can see them because they have no idea that just because they can't see doesn't mean no one can see them. And that's the equivalent of saying, like, COVID's over. Like, yeah, you can ignore everything and, like, go to a bar and be like, wow, it looks like COVID's over. Like, it's not, though. Like, <laughs> you can pretend it is. Like, it's not, though. And, like, I do that. I don't watch the news, really. Like, I'm, I don't want to fill my time chilling at home, like, reading about COVID and stuff. Like, I don't pay attention to yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. I also don't, like, I also don't pretend it's over. Like, you want to have, you want to be... Ignorance is bliss in a way, but you want to be also like knowledgeable what's going on. It's definitely not over. It's not as bad as it was before, but it's getting worse. It seems like. Yeah. Um. No, I hear you, bro. And like, I, I've gotten to a point now where even if I'm like, yeah, like I'm just holding out for, for whatever the reasons are. Like to me, it's it's almost like I'm risking way too much now with just like what I see, and then, I like. I don't know. Even if I don't get it, bro, like I'm still doing, I, I'm not following as much, but I'm still doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Like to me, it's, it, it, it's going to have to happen this year for some, for all everybody, or, or you're going to be in trouble. Like legitimately. I mean, let's just be real. You're probably going to get sick. <laughs> New York just announced, um, uh, vaccination proof needed for all indoor dining, bars, gyms, and entertainment. Like this is, 
this is like turning very quickly into like we recommend you get it to like get it if you want to live your life yeah no yeah (laughs) no i hear you dude i i'm i'm right there with you i'm just more of the sense where this is where i was messed up from the beginning is like and this is what i'm trying to explain to my neighbor and this is kind of how i felt about this whole thing if that's really the case and and a lot of us have been talking you've been telling me like that's the case all right this is what we why aren't we doing that then why isn't it more of a universal thing where like okay this has to be done like you aren't allowed to do this shit unless you're vaccinated like then clearly i I would have no choice like you're giving people still the choice to do shit unvaccinated and this is where it's like all right dude like if if i'm still having the choice to get unvaccinated or not like you're seeing it in the nfl dude like people are literally like i don't want to work here because because it's basically not a choice well okay well then at least it's it's mandated it's standard they can't be there if it's not like that's where i'm seeing the whole disconnect for me and i'm like yo i don't know because now it's like my neighbor's like oh yeah florida like you can't go in and out of florida like dude my ass people are going in and out of florida but apparently that's what they're saying i'm just like bro like that's where i'm fucked up because shit's so normal sports seem to be so normal but we're so far from normal and everyone just wants to say we are that's where i don't get it dude it's nice it's nice for things to feel normal but at the same time you also have to acknowledge and be a little safer because like they're not yet they're not like they're not it's nice to be out and do normal things like it's not all the way normal i think the reason it wasn't mandated the vaccine is like government countries probably literally are scared of causing a like mini civil war over this like there is literally enough of a percentage of the population that's so against this that will probably rebel against it it's the same portion of the population that's super tied to their guns and has to have like you know it's just the it's the the sporadic people and i'm not talking but hold about on. people this, who don't have it i'm yeah. talking about the people who like passionately defend i get it but it. that's where i'm like fucked up too because like I, like just because i don't have it doesn't mean like i'm out saying it's not real i'm out fucking not following the rules i'm out fucking being ignorant about like other people are doing that and like that's where i feel it's unfair to me man because i'm still doing the shit knowing that i'm not fully protected not only for myself but others when others aren't so it just seems like why are they allowed to do this shit then if they're gonna act like that like at least have them acting like the way they we were acting for an entire year in this fucking country basically globally now all of a sudden i don't know dude i just think with everything that's happened this week for not only just me personally and sports just with shoe stop mom i'm just like i'm just like literally so messed up i don't even know what day it is i don't know what time zone it is in tokyo and there's just so much going on in the nba i don't even know where to start um yeah so i'm definitely gonna skip most of the baseball save that when shoe comes back the olympics are we we live right now it doesn't say we're live on my screen oh yeah we're ripped oh yeah no maybe i'm not that's that's (laughs) even better my uh recording's been on but this is not so that's perfect because we didn't even really start. We were just kind of bullshitting about dumbass uh, stuff when it comes to the slander of <laughs> people basically saying COVID's not real. Um, clearly it is. Uh, anyways, now we're live. Now it's working. I Imagine if I did the whole pod and it wasn't live. Like That would have been basically ideal of how things have been going today in terms of the planning. But Rich made it through. Uh, Chu's not going to make it. We won't cover much MLB. We'll cover plenty of NBA as there's been tons of that going on. And the NFL is getting closer. I mean, the Olympics are still going on. Those have been pretty incredible. Um, I mean, just trying to keep up with everything going on in sports is is really tough. Like, I haven't been here in a, in a week, and I feel like I've missed an entire month. Um, yep. 
it's just wild everything going on and now with covid kind of coming back around dude like that's a shit that that's shit that's tough for me dude because it was like there was like a month or two lag period until like the olympics came up where like people weren't like we weren't really like following it or talking about it as much because everyone just wants to act like it's over even if you're vaccinated it's not over like let's just fucking get that on the record here and like i've been trying to cover this on the pod for a while and i think now with it coming back into sports and, and kind of leaking back into this whole society culture war thing. Like it, it's at a point where there's no return on this whole, you can't really act like COVID isn't a thing. Um, even as I mentioned to you before we fired up rich, like with Raj saying, and he's like one of my friends, like, I'm just like, bro, like what the fuck, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like sitting here listening to him. I'm like, all right, brother, like good luck with that. Um, that's the thing. I guess you got to respect those people's opinions until they're pretty much told they can't do shit. And that's basically what I think should be happening. Like if you're going to see some of the stuff you're seeing in the NFL, if you're going to see some of the mandates we've seen with the bubble in the NBA and all that stuff, like it's pretty fucking serious. So like if it's that serious and it probably should be more of a universal thing, it should be out there as more of a universal thing. And that's where I'm struggling with all that. Um, Chu's not here because of that, because apparently someone he works with tested positive for COVID, so he's dealing with all that bullshit. And that was that was stressful when that happened to me last year. Um, you know, I was I was like, yeah, bro, you probably should go get tested. Uh, you know, he's like a rapid test. I'm like, I mean, that's what I did, but I heard those aren't. It's like there's just so much information on it, dude, and I'm just like, I just feel bad for people that have to deal with that shit because I'm like. Like, that's where I, that's why I'm not vaccinated. Cause I'm like, I'm by myself. My brother is vaccinated. Like, fuck if I, if I had COVID and I had to go home to my parents, like choose about to do like the fuck dude. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like I, I wouldn't, he's like, he tells me his parents are vaccinated. I get it. But like, that's where I'm all messed up. Like, you don't, you still don't want to be giving people that are vaccinated COVID like that. It still just keeps still being around. That's what I'm, I don't know. I'm just like, it, it's, it's a much lesser chance of transmission if you have it. The crazy thing now is that the people – we'll go to the NBA after this. The last thing I'll say on yeah, the vaccine and everything is the vast majority of people that are in hospitals right now are unvaccinated. The counterpoint that people keep using is like so many vaccinated people are testing positive. Yes, because the people that are more open to getting the vaccination are the people more open to getting tested. The people don't believe in the vaccination aren't getting tested because they don't believe in COVID or the vaccination. Like, you know, there's no mandated test. So we're really only discovering when people have COVID if they go to get tested for COVID. And naturally, people who don't believe in COVID are not going to go get tested for COVID unless they have some unreal symptoms, which most people don't. And at this point, Trump, the government party, Fox News, everything has literally recommended getting vaccinated. All the people who weren't recommending getting vaccinated have been like, oh, yeah, like, should probably get vaccinated now. Like, there's not, it's just, at this point to me, it's honestly people being like the people who are adamant against it, just kind of like stuck in their ways. And it's, it's the downside of debating. And I almost think we need to like, they deserve to be yelled at a little bit, but not be like freaking out on people. Cause it's like, if you and me debate something and you're hard on one side, like if I were to tell you, I don't believe this, that Russell Westbrook is the most overrated basketball player, I'm not going to change your mind. Like nothing I'm going to say is going to change your mind. You could do the same to Carmelo Anthony with me. You're not going to change my mind. It's not going to happen. And that's the problem with debate sometimes. It's like people get more entrenched in their own views. And it's like at this point, even all the people that told them not to get vaccinated, Trump, Fox News, are literally like, you should probably get vaccinated now. 
And it's just like people are kind of so stuck up, stuck in their ways because people have adamantly defended this one thing or they just don't give a shit probably in a lot of cases. But like it's time that we give a shit and just do what we're supposed to do and try and get this to go away rather than just living with COVID for another two years. Yeah, I, yeah, dude. Um, like it's been two years almost at this point. Like it, this is getting ridiculous. Let's I mean, just dude, like live some normal lives. It's going to be going – it's going to be – I don't think it's going to go away just because we get more people vaccinated. Um, it. I mean, it but, went but, away substantially when we got the majority of the population vaccinated. The problem is the vaccinations only work if, like, everyone is vaccinated. Yeah, and that, yeah. No, I hear you. And then it's just like and this. We'll, and we'll never get everyone, but 95% vaccination is closer to a 95%, like, successful world without COVID. And that's better than where we are now. But how do you, what do you feel? In, and I know we were supposed to stop, but I just, the last question is, what are you feeling about this other, like, Delta variant that's out? Like, what? Like what? I mean, like, like, I'll are be you... honest with you. I'm, I'm vaccinated. I'm not going like to like packed bars or I've seen things at like Laupalooza, like people just jammed in like these four mile radiuses of people just touching side to side. Like I even like walked by, I was in uh, Martha's Vineyard the last week. Like, we went by one bar. We were about all about to go in at like 11 at night. And we we're, we're all just kind of like, it's so fucking packed. Like, I don't really like and I'm not someone who's, like, really scared of COVID at this point. Like, I'll go out and do whatever. Like, I'll go play sports against people. Like, whatever. I play basketball against people who I know are unvaccinated. Like, I've done my my part. I'm not going to stop living my life. But, like, I'm also not trying to be in areas where it's, like, just packed people on people. Like, inside, like, clubs, bars, late at night things. Like, but I don't care. Like, I'm gonna, I'm going to still go to restaurants or whatever. Like, whatever. I'll wear my mask. They're recommending you're wearing a mask, like, at the grocery store and shit. Like, whatever. I'll do it. Like. But I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to go into, like, lockdown mode unless we, like, literally are forced to do that again. Like, I'm not, I got the vaccination. It would really suck if I got it, but that's why I got the vaccination, so I don't have to worry about this shit as much. Yeah, and that's where I think it's interesting, because even if you have the vaccination and we get into lockdown mode, then it's just like, all right, dude, like, like where are we at then? Like, how is that even fair for you that went out and did your part got the, like, I don't know, man, I... Like yeah, I'm it's just, not. it's just like it's that's, just that's fucking why you dumb. Do things for the greater good. That's when. That's why I recommend you get vaccinated, anyone, because it's like it's not really like people aren't being like, oh, dude, do this for yourself. It'll help you so much. It's like no, do this so like everyone can get rid of this. Like it's not like a for your. And I think that's where people get confused. Like it's my body. I don't have to get vaccinated. You're like yeah, dude, I don't give a shit about your body. No one's saying like, dude, we're gonna be so upset if you get COVID, random dude in Nebraska. Like no. <laughs> it's for other people. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, bro. Uh, it makes sense, and I hope at least talking a little bit about it. I mean, I've been, you've been helping me through it, and it's just like, I don't know. I, like, I am scared to get the vaccine, but not, I guess, as scared as you telling me that I could get really sick. But at the same time, I do have this pushback on the whole getting really sick thing. And so I'm just like caught in this windmill because... I'm not definitive on, on either side. I just feel like there's too much information. I feel like there's so much shit going on. I feel like I don't really have the time to fucking go do this shit, even though I guess everybody has the time to go and make an appointment and go get a quick shot. But it's just, I don't know. It's just all this shit for me where I'm just struggling, but I I am definitely probably going to have to get this shit soon. Cause I want to try if we're even allowed to, to work indoors this winter. I would, and, dude, I would get it sooner rather than later. Yeah, I know. It's a shot, and then a month later, your second shot, and then two weeks later is when you're considered fully vaccinated. So if you got your sh- first shot yeah, today, but dude, you're why- not vaccinated for a month and a half from today. Yeah, but why? That's another thing, too. Why- I only want to get one shot. Is that not possible? 
the the Johnson and Johnson shot was like significantly less uh, successful than the Pfizer and Moderna, which are the two shots. I would I don't know even know if they're doing the one shot anymore. Jesus Christ, dude! Isn't it wild to see all this shit? Just uh, yeah, everything in sports, just everything that's happened since we've kind of started up this pod, which is just like right before COVID. It's actually wild to me. All right, yeah. whatever. Let's stop talking about that. Let's talk more sports. This is a sports podcast, even though got a little off track today. Um, yeah. So how do I not start with this, dude? I mean, we can go through and do hit the move, or you know, keep it moving, hit the brakes all the way through and through. But I do have a couple bell topics I got to get through, and particularly sure. I got to get through uh, the NBA draft. But before we do that, I think the highlight of the NBA draft was Russell Westbrook traded to the Lakers. I mean, I saw. I saw it and I told you, I'm like, oh, CB3 or Russell Lakers. Like, I don't, I doubt that's going to happen. You're like, yeah, I don't know how they're going to afford that. And then, like, I'm watching the draft. I'm pumped. I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. I mean, shit, dude. I, I literally was just like, is this actually happening right now? Like, did they actually just trade Kyle Kuzma, C, uh, KCP, Harrell, and, like, a fucking first-round pick next year for Russell Westbrook? Oh, yeah, that actually happened. And I'm sitting there thinking, wow, Russell's going to actually get a ring. Like, Lakers instantly calibrated back up into the favorites in the West for me. Like, instantly. And then I said it to you, and you're, and all the pushback is, oh, they got no shooters. Oh, they got no players. Well, all I've seen over the last day or two is them signing Dwight Howard, Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, Kent Bazemore. Melo's on the list, dude. Here's the thing. If Melo's on the Lakers, are you not going to be rooting for Melo to get a ring? Are you not going to be rooting for the Lakers to do well? And let me just say, to anybody that says the Lakers aren't going to do well because they got Russell Westbrook is more ignorant than people trying to say there's no COVID. Because all these people saying, oh, Russell Westbrook's never been a winner. He's not a team player. Dude's been to an NBA Finals. Dude's played in four conference finals. And then it's like, oh, well, he's more, he's only an individual guy. Well, he's been an MVP, four straight years averaging a triple-double. Like, oh, he's a fast player. He can't shoot. Bro, you don't think LeBron and AD and all these moves that the Lakers are going to continue to make, by the way, are all thinking brought about before they brought in Russell Westbrook? I saw this whole shit with Kawhi where he's like, oh, I want, you know, I wanted to opt it in with PG over Russell Westbrook. Well, that's your fucking loss, Kawhi, because you're going to be out the entire year. PG had a great year, but he ain't going to be able to do it on his own. You ain't. Clippers ain't beating the Lakers with PG and a, and a fucking hobbled Kawhi and any of the other guys that they already lost. Lakers are already still better. And Russell Westbrook is going to contribute. The Lakers are going to be legit. And everyone's saying that he ain't going to do nothing. The Lakers aren't going to be nothing. They don't have enough pieces. They're old, all this shit. It ain't going to matter, bro. You got you got two of top five players in the game. Like, if we're going to say Anthony Davis is still in that category. And I throw Russell Westbrook up there into a really high category of what, top 20 player in the game right now? Yeah. Top yeah. five all-time in his position? I mean, so, I get it, but I think the Lakers are going to be instantly a contender and probably the best team in the West, even with all these other teams making moves. So no one on this side has ever called Anthony Davis a top five player, and I certainly will not now, but I understand the point. Top 12 or whatever, sure. Um, so I, I mean, like, I agree with everything you said there, but I also don't think you really addressed any of the real issues. Like, does Russell Westbrook make their team worse? No. Like, no, I, I'm not saying that. They're not going to be bad. They'll probably – they should be a great regular season team. My only problem with the trade, my main problem with the trade, has nothing to do with Russell Westbrook specifically. Like, I guess I could say some things about him. It's simply the fact that 
Sure, Russell Westbrook's a better player than Buddy Heald. I'm not trying to say Buddy Heald's a better player than Russell Westbrook. But the fact that you could have kept KCP and done the exact same trade and kept one pick and kept KCP and had Buddy Heald for less money and still have been able to bring back Schroeder or sign a point guard or like a mid-level point guard, it just seemed like the way better move. Buddy Buddy Heald made the second most threes in the entire league last year. That's a perfect guy to have next to LeBron and Anthony Davis. Like, I'm not even trying to do the whole, like, it's almost a lazy argument. It's right, but it's almost a lazy argument of the shooting because, like, there's plenty of things that LeBron and Westbrook will do right and Anthony Davis. So, like, it's fine. You don't need to be the best shooters. The issue is right now, if you're going to have LeBron, AD, and um, Russ on the floor together, you need two good shooters in the other spots. It's fine if those are your three. I'm not saying LeBron, AD, and Russ can't play together, but, like, is is Ariza and, like, Danny Green, if they get him back, the answer to that? Uh, I don't know if that's going to be good enough. Like, they, you're going to need shooting and spacing because the problem is this. They're going to be great in the regular season. They'll be a top three seed without a doubt, assuming everyone stays healthy. I wouldn't be surprised if they're the one seed at all. The issue is when you get to the postseason, and I know you're a Russell Westbrook fan, Do you really want, like, say it's like the last five minutes of the game and it's crunch time, you don't really want Russell Westbrook taking the ball out of LeBron James' hands. Hold on, hold on. Let me push back here for a second. Go ahead. Let me finish this part. You don't really want Russell Westbrook taking the ball out of LeBron James' hands in the last few minutes of the game. And that's not me saying Russell Westbrook is a bad decision maker. He's not clutch. It's me saying LeBron James is the best decision maker, and he is clutch. You just don't want to take the ball out of his hands for anyone else. So it's tough to me to imagine, like, the benefit Russell Westbrook's bringing to you in crunch time if you're giving LeBron the ball because, like, Russell Westbrook just isn't a great off-ball guy. It's not that he doesn't hustle, he doesn't cut. He does. He's just off-ball guys are better as shooters when they're playing next to LeBron. That's what we've seen his whole career. Let me just say say something, Rich. You know what? You bring up valid points about my guy Russell Westbrook, but I'd also push back and defend Russell Westbrook in this sense. Do you, do you not think Russell Westbrook understands the amount of pressure that's now on him now that he's joining the Lakers with LeBron and Anthony Davis, with the way we live in the media, with everything that's gone on in his career? Do you not think Russell Westbrook knows, oh, everybody knows I'm not going to be able to not play off the ball, blah, blah, blah. I ain't going to be able to play with LeBron. Bro, this is the shit that bothers me going back to what you talked about in the beginning. It's always like it has to be a one side or the other. You don't need to pick a side here. Like, let's just wait and see how it plays out. Russell Westbrook is clearly a better player at upgrade point guard for the Lakers, regardless of who you want to name. And Buddy Heald, regardless of him being a better shooter, I don't think he's going to take the Lakers into the championship. You go bring in Buddy Heald over in free agency. I think it's a bigger move to bring in a guy like Russell Westbrook. And when you go and look at how the league's set up right now, it is big threes. And going back just to this statement real quick, LeBron James has been a part of these multiple times. Cleveland, Kyrie and K-Love. Heat. D-Wade and Chris Bosh. You go and look at some of those big threes that he's been a part of. One guy has had to take a back seat of the big when? three. Who do I think's taking the back seat of these Lakers? LeBron James. And I know it kind of sounds wild, but it can't be Anthony Davis. And it can't be Russell Westbrook. You can't, Just because you just said, what is Russell Westbrook if he's taking a back seat? Stand in the corner, can't shoot? No, Ru- LeBron's going to be taking the back seat. LeBron's going to still be a walking 25 and 10. But all I'm saying is if Russ is anything and playing like he used to play last year, getting the Wizards into a play-in when they had no fucking shot, you're going to have a hard time stopping three of the top 20 players in the league. No doubt about it. You got a better big three in LA than in Brooklyn, in my opinion. Go for it. Here's, here's the problem with that to me. 
if you're playing, I agree, that's probably the better way to play the regular season, and that's probably what they want to do, keep LeBron healthy for the postseason. But they're not doing that in the postseason because the answer in the postseason isn't make Russell Westbrook your primary handler over LeBron James and put LeBron in the corner. They won't be doing that in the postseason. So then that's saying to me is like, get the ball out of LeBron's hands, give him rest in the regular season, great. But then in the postseason, Russell Westbrook's going off the ball, that's not going to go well. And like, Russell Westbrook looked amazing with the Rockets in the second half of the season. Amazing. Looked good last year, but looked amazing with the Rockets the second half of the season. The only problem is they had to just change their entire roster to get that to work. They had to go small ball. He was the main big guy out there. Lakers just got Dwight back. They always have AD out there. And the last thing I'll say is LeBron's big threes. LeBron's never been the best shooter in his big threes. He's the best shooter in this big three. And I'm not going to make it all about shooting, but like they need to find better shooters than they have. Like, and I don't even know if that's going to save you. J.J. Redick, Josh Hart, like some of these guys out there, I don't know if they're going to be able to afford them or get them. Like the way their roster is right now, and we're one day into free agency, but the thing is they only have vet minimum contracts. They can't go get like any like real good guys. They're they're tied for cash now. So like they're going to need to find some shooters. And it's really not a Russ knock. My thing isn't that like Russell Westbrook makes the team worse. He makes them better than they were last year in my opinion. I just think – you aren't winning anyway if LeBron and AD aren't healthy. And I think if LeBron and AD were healthy, then Buddy Heald's a better fit when it gets to the postseason next to them than Russ, even though Russ is the far better player. I just think it's a matter of fit for them. So, like, I'm perplexed at why the Lakers didn't make the Buddy Heald trade. I don't dislike the Russell Westbrook trade, but I think it's an interesting fit, to say the least. Well, I'm glad we covered that. I know... There's a lot I want to cover, and I could probably talk about this for another 20 minutes, but we'll have to save this for another time. I did want to talk about it from the other end real quick before we touch on the draft. Yeah. Uh, you know, what does this mean for the Wizards? I know Brad Beal is obviously the main token piece there. Um, what does this mean for Brad Beal? I saw that Spencer Dinwiddie is expected to have a deal struck here with the Wizards any hour, um, Spencer Dinwiddie thinks that he has a potential big three. Him, Brad Beal, and Rui Hachimura. And I'd throw in the fact that now they have Kyle Kuzma, who was included in this trade with KCP and Montrez Harrell. Is all that enough for Brad Beal to think there's enough around him? Bringing in Spencer Dinwiddie, making this trade, Russ Enseld, new coach. Like, for me, if I'm Brad Beal, and he's been so loyal to the Wizards, like, this is going to be tough because I've been a Kuzma guy. I've been a guy that's like, all right, the Wizards, you know, they can get right. Russ being there, Brad Beal being there. I mean, at this point, I think Brad Beal's one of these guys that might be coming out and demanding a trade. And you just see it so much. And I heard he might do it heading into the draft. I don't know how he's feeling after this trade. I don't know how he's feeling going forward. But if the Wizards are what they were last year, which as until the end of the season, basically at the bottom of the East, I don't think Brad Beal is going to be too happy with that, regardless of how loyal yeah. he wants to stay to the Wizards. I'm not so sure this is enough, even though this gives a chance maybe for Kuzma to shine. I don't know if he can. Is Rui Hachimura, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Brad Beal a big three? I don't know. Like, I like Rui Hachimura. I love Spencer Dinwiddie. I got his fucking jersey. I don't know how he's going to be coming back off the ACL, trying to be plugged in to be a main piece of a team that hasn't done anything in what decades i mean shit it's it's a little bit questionable for me to see brad Beal on this team going forward i think the wizards just got to blow it up i think they got to blow it up you lose russ you're probably gonna lose bill you got a new head coach i mean it might take a little while to rebuild but 
this is not going to be a good squad, I think, coming up this season, even if Brad Beal decides to stay. It's tough for me because from the Wizards side, if you're a team that has a player that's a what, top 20 or 25, whatever he is, like a top player in the league, top scorer in the league, and he's loyal enough to want to stay with you no matter what, you want to keep him, even if you're tanking, in my opinion, because it's not easy to find those guys, and you'll have them again on the way up. So for the Wizards' sides, I get wanting to keep him. And from Brad Beal's side, I mean, I don't know. I think we forget there's human elements to it, too. Like, maybe he just loves living in D.C. Maybe his family's by there. They're set up there now. Like, I don't know. Maybe he just likes being the dude on the team, like, that can score a shitload of points. I have no idea what it is. But I will tell you, there's I don't think there's any chance he requests a trade before the season starts. These guys are smart. Their agents are telling them what to do. It's so much easier to get traded around the draft before teams use their draft picks to pick guys than it is right now once those draft picks are now rookies that certain teams might not want. So if he was about to request a trade, it would have come on draft day, I think, after Russell Westbrook got traded. I think he knows that. His agent knows that. Like, dude, if you want to get traded, like right now is the time. There could still be one during the regular season if stuff goes really bad, but I don't think one's happening until things go really bad this regular season, if it ever happens. As for the team, I think they're, you know, they're good enough to like be in the play-in tournament if things go right. They're also bad enough to be not in the playoffs or play-in tournament at all. Like the tough thing with them is they have so many guys you kind of touched on in each position that are like decent. Like obviously Brad Beal's great, but now they have Rui Hachimura and Kuzma kind of play in the same position. Uh, Daniel Gafford played amazing for them last year, but now they have him and Montrez Harrell kind of playing the same position. Yeah. They still got Bertans in there, power forwards. Like, it's just a clunky lineup. But honestly, a lineup of Dinwiddie, Beal, Kuzma, Rui, and like Gafford. I don't know Harrell coming off the bench. Like, it's not it's not great, but they could they could be okay. I don't know. It really just comes down to like, is Brad Beal like? Does he just like DC that much? And it kind of seems like it, but I don't. I wouldn't expect him to get traded until earliest the trade deadline. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one to follow. There's obviously some more interesting trades potentially upcoming. Obviously, DeRozan in free agency, and you mentioned him a little bit. Josh Hart are basically the only guys, but maybe Ben Simmons, maybe Damian Lillard. It'll be interesting to see if Brad Beal is brought into that conversation. Obviously, NBA offseason activities still continue to go on, and it's been Woj bomb after Woj bomb. Uh, basically, um, we can cover those on the way out. Little hit the moving, keep moving, hit the brakes. But I did want to touch on the uh, the NBA draft uh, quickly. Um, start a bell for that. Uh, I thought obviously with the Russell Westbrook news, it was kind of they're trying to cover a lot of trades in the draft as well, something I predicted. Um, just a quick shout-out, the NBA paying tribute to Terrence Clark. We all remember I covered him a little bit on the pod. He was an honorary draftee who lost his life out of Kentucky. Um, the draft itself, minus the fact that Woj, with his really funny-looking face and everything else he had going on, um, the Lakers and Wizards have agreed to a trade for Russell Westbrook, sources tell ESPN. Just seeing a picture of that and and all the Woj bombs, I just need to throw that out there quick. Uh Anyways, it was Cade Cunningham, number one. Um, then you had Jalen Green go number two, Evan Mobley three, Scotty Barnes four, Jalen Suggs five to the Magic. Rich, any comment on those top five picks you saw in the upcoming or this past NBA draft that happened last week? I'm sorry. Yeah, a lot of people saying the Magic, huge winners getting uh, Suggs with the fifth pick, a projected like consensus top five guy. Little people, people fell on him a little bit towards the draft, but getting him and then getting um, – uh, Wagner with the eighth pick, I believe. And those yeah. are like two of the biggest name guys there. Yeah. So 
really good draft for the Magic. A lot of people really high on the Cavs getting Mobley. He was a consensus. Like, people are literally talking about if he should be the number one pick over Cade. And it yeah. was pretty much consensus Cade. But, like, for the entire year, he was slightly in talks of the one and, like, the lock at two. And he fell a little bit. So that's a great move for the Cavs there. Uh, they didn't have to draft a guard so they could hopefully keep their backcourt together, still keep Jared Allen and have Mobley there. I don't know Mobley well enough to know like how well him and Jared Allen are fit will fit together, but it seems like from what I hear, like they plan on playing them next to each other. So uh, I think it's a good draft for the Cavs, good draft for the Magic. Like nothing really there. Like I won't lie and say I know more about the college guys than I do. I watch a little college ball, but not a whole bunch. But I don't know. Great pick. I mean, obviously the Pistons like uh, won the lottery amazing draft for them i don't i forget who they got in the second round but some people are pretty high on their guy i um, thought that oh uh, yeah so here's the thing let me just clean up this real quick uh Knight fell to 11 for the hornets that was pretty big for them yeah that was wild all right let me just start with this um before i get into any of these grades um i thought a lot of teams had a, a really good draft um one of the teams that i thought did not have a really good draft is oklahoma city thunder uh josh giddy with six and i've i've done a little research on josh giddy that to me is a reach. And then they decide to kind of go through this draft, draft more foreign players. I mean, in the past two drafts, we have five, six foreign players. I don't know anything about them. You bring in Derek Favors and grab another potential former first or first round draft pick next year and a second rounder, like a day after the draft. They bring in Mike Mascala on a two year set. Like, what the fuck are the Thunder doing, dude? Like, literally, Sam Presti. I'm just not I'm just not down with Sam Presti at all because I also saw that they're trying to trade to get the number one pick, Shea Gilders Alexander. And then two days later, Shy Gilders Alexander, he's now got his extension with the Thunder. And I like Shy, but it's like, bro, if you're about to shop this dude, you're trying to get the number one pick. Now all of a sudden he's a max extension guy. Where are we going? Like, where are we going? Where are we going with these picks? What are we doing going forward? And if I'm looking at the Thunder, who just had to rechange the name, uh, rename their arena, like this organization is a fucking dumpster fire, and I'm a fan of this team. All right, let me get into a couple of these grades though, because I think you'll be surprised with this. You're right about the Magic. I think the Magic had a good draft. Jalen Suggs getting stolen there at five. Uh, Franz Wagner out of Michigan. Um, I think that'd be a good draft for the Magic going forward. Those guys right in there right away. Magic already trying to rebuild. Maybe getting Markel Fultz back off the ACL. New coach up and coming. They're on a rebuild, but they're doing it the right way. Not like the Thunder are doing it. And that's something I'm kind of upset about regardless of how many picks we got. The Houston Rockets. Now, they were fucking terrible since they lost James Harden. Let's 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 just be honest. Like they're they're not they're in full rebuild mode. Obviously, now after losing all those guys. Plus James Harden. Jalen Green, bro, he's going to be legit. I'm not saying Jalen Green's about to be James Harden, but I'm saying Jalen Green has a chance to be a type of franchise player like James Harden. You go and get a center out of Turkey, uh, another foreign player, but they also drafted two more players in the first round, 23rd and 24th. I think they had a pretty good draft. Jalen Green was another guy consensus who could potentially go on number one. I'm not saying Cade Cunningham ain't going to be a stud, but I do think Jalen Green had... Jalen Green has a chance to be a stud as well. He also has an incredible story. Uh, you mentioned the Pistons, and I do love Cade Cunningham, but I thought their second-round picks were even bigger. They only made him in the second round, and they had some really good ones. Luca Garza out of Iowa. He was uh, uh, you know, a college player of the year out of Iowa this past year. They got another foreign guy, but he played at Florida State, and I've been talking about Florida State churning out players. I like Scotty Barnes going forward to the Raptors, even though I think the Raptors 
are in some trouble going forward. Evan Mobley, I think, is going to be a great NBA player, but I don't really know what the Cavs are doing because I saw they brought back Jared Allen, five years, $100 million. Uh, You got Colin Sexton in trade talks, Darius Garland in the backcourt with him, and then Isaac Okoro, who was a wing Cavs. last year. Like, what the fuck are the Cavs doing, man? Like, are they trying to get any better, or are they just kind of trying to rebuild every single year? Just for the Cavs, I think they're not in a spot where they're good enough to let good players walk away. Like, you can't let Jared... They stole Jared Allen. They got Jared Allen for, like, nothing by getting in on that trade and they uh, with their hardened trade and basically like, oh, shit, we're going to get Jared Allen for... I don't even remember what the, they gave up, but not much. Um, so, like, they had to re-sign him. If you trade him in a year and Mobley's the guy, whatever. But, like, I think you want to keep a value as a team that's just not great yet. They're like, hey, can they play next to each other? Maybe. And, and the counter to that is we could talk about it more in a little bit, a team like the Pelicans where it's like, damn, you really just let Lonzo Ball walk away for nothing? Even if he's not your guy, maybe you re-sign him and trade him or yeah. something? Like, they got they got Thomas Sidoransky back for Lonzo Ball, who the Bulls were going to have to drop anyway because they were going to be over the salary cap for it. So the Bulls were like, oh, wait, instead of dropping him, you guys want him? Sure, here you go. I'll take that back. I mean, I, th- I do think the, thum- the Thunder are a dumpster fire right now, but they're not worse than the Pelicans. Absolute dumpster. David Griffin is – get him the fuck out of there, dude. Like, dead ass. Sam Presti and David Griffin. Oh, both of these guys are like pristine GMs. Get him the fuck out of there. How long are you going to give him? 10 years? Hold on. But the David Griffin one, they felt Lonzo wasn't their guy. I think you're supposed to get something for him. It, he was just going to walk. He's so made they- fucking terrible move after terrible move since taking over there. Stan Van Gundy lasted nine months. Yeah, Bring in yeah, Steven Adams. I just saw him get fucking traded Devon, too, Devon and they just traded for fucking Jonas Valanciunas or some bullshit. What the that, fuck oh, are they doing? I don't. I don't think the move for Jonas Valanciunas, Jonas Valanciunas over Stephen Adams is an upgrade. To be fair, but you're not happy about them getting Graham. I thought that was your boy. You saw they got Devontae Graham. Yeah, but dude, here's my that's thing. Good, you get that's a good contract. I like Devontae Graham, but here's my problem with that. Like the Pelicans are trying to be like, oh yeah, like to their fan base, like dude, yeah, we lost Lonzo, but we got Devontae Graham, like. Bro, Devontae Graham, as much as I say I like him, like he ain't going to be anything close to Lonzo. Lonzo should have gotten matched by the Pelicans. Right, They've been a right. fucking cheap organization going all the way back to when they started. They've never been over the luxury tax once in a season. They're so fucking cheap. They want to make all these bad moves. Oh, and by the way, your your top player, your franchise player, is on the record for saying he's not happy there. That's not good. That is yeah. not great. And if I'm... The Pelicans, you got to fix that as soon as possible. I don't think Zion's going to be there much longer. I do just, I, I do I just want to say real quickly though, just yeah. real quickly on this draft before I switch out of the draft, and then we'll just get into NBA free agency before before you got to go. Um, you know, I've been seeing a little bit of like the Lakers and the Heat having to battle for minimum guys. The the Nets are uh, a team that's going to have to battle for minimum guys too. Yeah. They had five draft picks though, and they were. They only had, uh, they did take two first-round selections. Cameron Thomas out of LSU is legit. Uh, I don't know how much playing time he's going to get, but they need a shooting guard, I guess, in a way. Backup, uh, bench player. Uh, you lose Dinwiddie. You lose Levert. Uh, I think he's got the potential to jump in there and play some minutes for the Nets. And the rest of these picks, dude, they're going to have to play. And I think it'll be interesting to see how the Nets did in this draft coming after what they're bringing back with their big three coming off of all the stuff we're thinking of them heading into next season. And just real quickly, the Knicks passing on Jalen Johnson um, because they moved back twice in the first round. The Hawks getting Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper out of Auburn. I think the Hawks had a good draft. 
Uh, a lot of people yeah. saying, oh, the Hawks are fluky. You know, Trey Young gets an extension. I heard John Collins likely getting a $120 million contract. You bring back some of this young talent with a guy in Jalen Johnson, who a lot of people had as the number one overall pick before he decided to leave Duke. I think the Hawks said, had a great draft. And said, uh, going forward, that's going to be a tough team to spot. They said John Collins and the Hawks are nowhere near uh, agreement on an extension. Sounds like he might be going. He out? Uh, I mean, they haven't said that officially, but they said they're, like, way off in contract talks, like not even in the same ballpark. Damn, that's tough. Well, I guess Jalen Johnson will be stepping in right away, and I don't know if that's a bad look for him, to be honest. Like, I think Jalen Johnson, with all the shit he got from this whole Duke thing, uh, I think he's going to step in and contribute right away. Um, So, anyways, I am curious to talk and get into some of these other moves, Wojbaum after Wojbaum, before you have to go. Um... I gave a little smoke on the Thunder. I gave a little smoke on the Pelicans. Uh, Keep it moving or hit the brakes. I don't even have to ask you because I'm hitting the brakes anyways. I got some smoke on the Knicks for you, bro. And you know how I kind of was on the Knicks last year. I was high, higher than you. Um, you I didn't think they were going to do that well. But damn, they did pretty damn well uh, considering what everyone thought they would do. And then it was, oh, what are they going to do this offseason? What are they going to do in the draft? Uh... You know, for me, they didn't have a great draft. And for me, this NBA free agency was not great for them. It looks like they're bringing back very similarly the same team as last year for a lot more money. Uh, I saw Derrick Rose. He's now getting, what is it, three years, $43 million. Nerlens Noel, three years, $32 million. Alex Burks, three years, $30 million. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because I thought it was funny. My brother was saying this this morning, and, and you've said this before on my pod, but my brother's basically like, Yo, what is up with these contracts, bro? Like, are dudes always getting this type of money uh, in the NBA? And, like, I, I think so. Like, that's kind of always been a thing. I've been saying, damn, dude, these dudes are getting way hella overpaid, some of these players. Like, Caruso. Like, some of these contracts I saw, dude, including the ones the Knicks handed out, I think are steep for what you're looking to get in return. And when you're trying to build this place where, oh, maybe we get an unhappy Zion. Maybe we get a Damian Alert if he requests to trade. Bro, to me, the type of pieces you brought in and brought back and what you're trying to do going forward, I I don't know if the Knicks are going to have a shot to be in the playoffs like they were last year. And to me, that's just based on some of the stuff they're doing, which is just rebooting the same team, which a lot of people thought thought wasn't even good last year. Like, do I think they got worse? worse? Do I think they got worse? No, but I think they didn't get any... I think they paid a lot of money to get maybe marginally better. Like I, I agree. The only agree the only move that I can argue might pan out on their side is the Evan Fournier, but did they overpay for Evan Fournier as well? I didn't even mention him. Four years, seventy eight so, million. Like I'm looking at what the Knicks did. I'm like, yo, you paid so much money to these guys. You sat here and told me you're like, bro, I really hope we don't bring back all this same team. They brought back the same team. Bring in Evan Fournier. You pay a lot of money to get marginally better. Like. I don't know how much better you're going to be where I see other teams now better in the East. Go ahead. So, I agree with you to some extent, but I'm holding out hope to see how the next year or so looks because my whole thing is, and this probably isn't a popular take amongst Knicks fans, but, like, I don't want – Julius Randle's going to be a free agent this next summer. I don't want them to re-sign him. I'm hopeful they trade him and flip him before then. I don't know how valuable he'll be since he'll only have a year left on his or a half a year left on his contract at that point. 
But in the case that they don't bring Julius Randle back, if they max Julius Randle this summer, then they have their money tied up in this basically. And all this was like, God damn it. What are, what are we doing? This lineup is not winning us like a championship. If they don't max Julius Randle and they trade him or can bring other better guys back next offseason, then I think it's good moves. Because what they have right now is pretty friendly contracts and all guys that are tradable. So going through them, it's important. Some of the numbers look crazy, but you got to divide it by the number of years. Like Evan Fournier, four years, $78 million. It's like $19 million a year. That's not absurd. There's some NBA guys getting played like $40-plus million, $50-plus million a year. Nerlens Noel... Three years, $32 million, $10 million a year, not bad. I'll take that for New Orleans Noel. Burks, the same deal, $10 million a year, three years, thirty. I'll take that. Mitchell Robinson, we picked up his player option. That's only $2 million. I guess my question, Rich, is can you get a better player for $10 million a year than Nerlens or Alex Burks? Like, I think so. No. Like, so, No? No, you can't. No? Not really. Like, who are, like, I'll look at the other guys who are going for about $10 million a year. Like, the old, one of the only better guys in the Knicks weren't going to get him. He took a discount for the Bucks. Was Bobby Portis signed for five mil a year, uh, two years, ten million? But that was the discount to return to the Bucks. Like campaign took a, all the ones that signed for less are discounts to return to their team, and that's what the Knicks got. The Knicks definitely got a discount to return from uh, Alec Burks. I would imagine. I think their teams that would have offered him a little bit more than that. Like Alex Caruso went for four years, thirty-seven million. Alex Caruso went for ten mil a year. Uh, Bruce Brown took a discount to go back to the Nets at five million. Rashawn Holmes is like fourteen million. Like they got, they paid about market value for these guys. Will Barton fifteen million. Okay, so, so like, I guess my next next question is: If you're going to tell me they're not overpaid, is this roster good enough for you heading into a season where last year you were like, "Oh damn, dude, I don't know what the Knicks are going to be." They end up turning uh, out all right. Are you looking yeah. forward to this season? Like, what's good? On paper, they got better. All they've done so far is replace Reggie Bullock with Evan Fournier and bring back their entire team. So another year of development for R.J. Barrett, another year of Tibbs there, Mitchell Robinson actually being healthy this year, and replacing Evan Fournier, who had a rough end to the year because he had COVID last year and was forced to come back right into the playoffs. Like, he'll be better than he looked at the end of the year last year, I'd imagine. So, like, and Evan Fournier is a, you know, he wasn't who I wanted, but he's a, he can do some things that help the Knicks. He would yeah. help the Knicks in that Hawks. I like Evan, Evan Fournier. Four, having an Evan Fournier. No, nah, I like so, Evan Fournier. So I think they, on paper, should be better than next year. last year. I think they might have over-exceeded expectations last year, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're about like a 5 so, so that's where I'm confused because on paper better than last year, and they were a four-seed in the East. I don't see them being a four-seed in the East. I don't no. see them being in Their the Eastern – their roster is better than last year, but that's not taking into account that the Bulls roster is going to be massively better than last year. The Heat aren't going to be out of, or aren't going to be lower than the Knicks in the standings next year. So, like these other teams got a lot better. I think the Knicks got better, but I think they'll be lower in the standings because other teams got more better than they did. <laughs> more better than they did, I guess. Yeah, no, good one. More better. Yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not high on the Bulls as much as they made a lot of good moves. We'll touch on them next. Uh, hit, keep it moving or hit the brakes, but. I am high on the Heat, and I did want to touch on them. Uh, just real quickly on the Bulls, and you know I like Lonzo Ball. I think the Pelicans made a mistake, clearly not trying to at least match and bring him back to the squad because I don't know where the fuck that the Pelicans think they're going, uh, even with Zion. Like they, 
can you imagine being Zion and just looking at Ja and Trey and Luka, like, making the playoffs, doing shit in the playoffs? Like, Zion ain't making the playoffs for the Pelicans, bro. There ain't no shot in hell the Pelicans make the playoffs this upcoming season. Oh, you're Dead really ass. bugging. You're bugging. All right, you we'll, don't think, we'll have to come back to think, it then. You don't – I'm not even predicting they're a top eight seed, but I'm just saying you don't think a lineup of Valanciunas, who is much better than Steven Adams, Zion, Brandon Ingram – Maybe they bring back Josh Hart, whatever. We'll have to see. And Grant, you don't think they have a shot at the playoffs? I don't. Don't get me wrong. I don't think I don't. that's great. If I were them, I would have brought back Lonzo and traded Brandon Ingram for someone else because you could get a lot of value out of Brandon Ingram, and I don't think him and Zion are the best fit. Yeah, I think I that would have been the much better move because you got nothing out of Lonzo, and Lonzo was a good point guard. You could have kept his value and traded Brandon Ingram for a lot. I don't know why they didn't do that. Well, going forward, and I agree with that, but going they, they forward, I think the Bulls, it. okay, you bring in Lonzo Ball. It's whatever it is, four years, 85 mil. They got Vucevic there. There's there's some rumors around, okay, can Levine be here? Can we get a deal done with Levine? He wants a fair deal. They got some young pieces in town around those players as well. Can the Bulls be a playoff team? I don't think so. I don't I don't think they can. I know it kind of sounds wild, but it's like, bro, even with the even with the play-in tournament that is going to be in in this year again in the NBA, like I'm looking at the Bulls, I'm looking and I love Zach Levine, but I'm like, dude, you're trying to ask Lonzo Ball to go in there and revive the team at point guard, revive an organization that really hasn't been anything, similar to the Wizards and what they try to do with Russ. You're asking now Vucevic to continue to play as well as he's played, which I didn't think he played too well since he joined the Bulls. Well, we kind of talked about it heading in, how he yeah. would be. I thought he was a little bit lesser of himself than he was with the Magic. And how does that transition going forward with Zach Levine not really knowing what he is, with also a new head coach there in the Bulls organization. I, I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not sold on Lonzo going to the Bulls. They got Booch and, and Zach Levine. They're a playoff team. I'm not. I'm not sold on that. I don't think they are. Zach Levine is not far behind like a Bradley Beal to me. Zach Levine's incredible. He's been on terrible teams throughout his career. I think the Bulls are going to be like legitimately good this year. Don't get me wrong. I'm looking at the standings right now like, there's a shot. There's a shot they don't make the playoffs. Like things could go wrong, but like I'm not gonna say no chance. I would predict them in like the sixth seed or something like that. Like I think they're gonna be. I think they're probably gonna be better than the Knicks this year. Well, this is where it gets interesting for me because the Bucks. They just come off a championship. You know. You know where I got the Bucks looking at the Eastern Conference standings, five, six seed. And you wanna know why? Because they just got significantly worse. You know who's? You mentioned the Heat. I think the Heat are a top three, don't, if not a top two. Don't tell me P.J. Tucker just dropped them four seeds. Oh, I honestly God. think that, and I've covered this as well, Devin Booker, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, three well, that were in the finals going to, I think that's a mistake. I think you got, if you're the Bucs, you now lost P.J. Tucker, you just made a finals run, and two of your players went and joined the Olympic squad. That's still going on. You got Giannis. I get it. All the face of the league. We talked about it a little bit, but like, to me, and they brought back Bobby Portis. What, what you're literally throwing out basically the same squad minus PJ Tucker, which I think was the biggest factor on the team. And I know it's like, oh, PJ Tucker isn't the reason they won a championship, but I think PJ Tucker is a big reason that they were able to make that playoff run, which in in which they won a championship. So you lose a caliber chemistry piece like that, a defensive piece like that, everything that he kind of brought to the squad. I think it's gonna matter. I'm not saying the Bucs aren't going to be good, but I don't think the Bucs are going to be a top three seed in the East. And I don't think the Bucs are going to be instantly, have, oh, in the finals, because I got the Nets and the Heat above them 
in the East off the jump. Never mind thinking 76ers, some of these other up-and-coming squads you're talking about. If you, you got the, You have the Miami Heat above them with their first year coming together and everything. We'll see. But, like, uh, P.J. Tucker, like, I hear you if you want to say, like, it might hurt their championship odds because it helps to have, like, a him to guard a Kevin Durant. But, like, he's not that impactful of a guy in the regular season for a team like them. He was huge for the Rockets playing their, like, stretch five and being their big. But for the Bucks, like, he was a small big that, like, kind of hit his threes and, like, you don't lock up the same in the regular season. Like, I don't think P.J. Tucker being gone will hurt them in the regular season at all. Bobby Portis is a much better regular season player than P.J. Tucker. Bucks will be – I'm not worried about the Bucks. They'll be a top three seed with, like, the 76ers and Nets, maybe the Heat in there or something We'll like see. That. I mean, and this is where I'll disagree with you on the Heat because, all right, you're bringing in Kyle Lowry, uh, three-year sign-and-trade. You're bringing in P.J. Tucker in free agency. They signed Duncan Robinson, five-year, $90 million. I know you had something to say about it. And they had a max extension, four-year, 185 I think it was, for Jimmy Butler. You got Bam out of bio. And here's the thing about Kyle Lowry. This is where I think it's interesting in this whole heat culture thing because I think the heat culture is a little bit different. And trying to bring teams together in just a one-year run, what does that mean? Dude, Jimmy Butler is a different type of dude. And I know he had a tough postseason last year, but I do think what he was missing was a guy that can handle, be a point guard, take some control of the ball, because Jimmy Butler had to do everything else. Kyle Lowry's that dude. Kyle Lowry is that dude, and he plays hella grimy defense like Jimmy Butler. You know who makes the, takes the most charges in the NBA last season? Kyle Lowry. Dude's like the shortest dude in the league. Kyle Lowry is going to impact the Heat instantly. And I know you're not as high as Tyler Hero as I am. He's now a six-man. He's a six-man. I think that's going to be huge for him off a sophomore slump. And I love what they did, bringing in P.J. Tucker, bringing back Duncan Robinson. You got Bam. You got Jimmy Butler. Those are the keys. And Kyle Lowry will make that a big three. I know Kyle Lowry isn't like, oh, man, spicy. Oh, man, this and that. But it's similar similar to what I think of, like, all these other big threes. Yo, if you got three caliber 25, 30, top 30 players in the NBA, whatever you're going to potentially say they could be, to me, that's a big three. And we got these all over the league. I think this is going to be a good one. And I think what the Heat did in free agency is one of my favorite free agencies coming off of a disappointing yeah. postseason. They had a great free agency. You you don't pass up a chance to sign Lowry. I kind of wanted the Knicks to get him. There are a bunch of teams. Lowry would have helped. Mavericks, Celtics, a bunch of teams out there. Um the only concern is the tread on both of their tires. Lowry's 35, and people have this thing in their mind now from, like, Chris Paul of, like, that every point guard is going to age gracefully. Like, Chris Paul is the exception to the rule, and Lowry's been on that path as well, and Lowry's been incredible the last few years. Raptors had a down year last year, but I think it's a great signing. The only thing is Lowry's 35 is different than Chris Paul's 35. That man, as you said, takes a beating, like, takes a beating more than other point guards do. Like, he can play good post-defense, and he's, like, 6'2". Like, but he takes a beating. Jimmy Butler has some tread on his tire. He's, he plays harder than everyone else, takes a beating. So I like the signings. I like the moves. It just really comes down to, like, how are these two going to age together? Because, like, they're the main two. As good as Bam is, Bam's not leading your offense. He's one of the best defenders in the league. Hopefully his offensive game grows a little bit. But this is all going to come down to, like, how well do Bam and Lowry age? I think it's a good pairing. You got Duncan Robinson, Hero. You got shooters. I think it's a really good team. It's just going to come down to, like, can those two stay healthy and – age well into their late 30s well you know what rich and i think coming off of this postseason it's it's all about health obviously bro and like 
I think if you're going to – all things being equal, everyone's healthy. I think the Heat have a, a squad right here. And coming off of what they did prior to this postseason, obviously making it to the finals, a lot of people thinking that was fluke. I, I think it wasn't fluke. Losing Jay Crowder, similar to how I feel about P.J. Tucker now going to another squad, I think was a tough I, loss for them. Um, I think you could put the Heat as the – I don't even know what to say about the Sixers because who knows where they are with Ben Simmons. I think you could put the Heat as like the third scariest team in the East that you wouldn't want to face if it were the playoffs right now after the Bucks and the Nets. Uh, that's what I would say. Yeah, personally. I think the Heat are up there above the Bucks. I think uh, yeah. it'll be you're, interesting you're, to see what happens with Ben Simmons too because if he think, comes back, think, if the Ben Simmons well, comes on, back, on, Sixers on, ain't a top three squad. But let's just hold say on. they get to move Ben Simmons and that sounds like that's going to happen. You can't knock the Sixers and what Joel Embiid was doing last year if he can stay healthy. Go ahead. Rewind. You think that the Heat are better than the Bucks? Bucks Yes. When the Bucks just swept the Heat, and only differences that happened are the Heat got Lowry and PJ Tucker, and the Bucks lost PJ Tucker, and now the Bucks will have a healthy DiVincenzo, and you think. That basically just Lowry and PJ Tucker moving made the Heat substantially better than the Bucks. You know, I heard championship this. Team. I heard this debate literally on a on a show today, and I would I would push back saying, "Bro, what happened the year before? The Heat fucking knocked the Bucks out in the bubble. What was it? They swept their ass out too. Like, all right, it's even. Giannis is the, this is a rubber Giannis, match. Uh, do you think Giannis is the same player as two years ago? And do you think Drew Holiday is the same player as Eric Bledsoe? No, no, you do not. But no, also, do not. <laughs> I don't think I do think that Kyle Lowry is a significant upgrade from Goran Dragic, and Goran Dragic is the only reason that that they were going hot in that in that series two years ago against the Bucks. So if Kyle Lowry can be himself, I think it's a good enough upgrade to take out a team like the Bucks. They've shown they've done that in the past. It'll be interesting to see. I think the East is getting really competitive as much as the West is competitive. The parity of basketball is great. Um, yeah. I did want to touch before you got to go though on maybe some of these other uh, decisions and just real quick on this new Bell CP3 because we talked about him on the pod. You were right about it. I was wrong. I thought CP3 would be out. Uh, he's not. He's returning. I think it's a four-year, hundred twenty-something million dollar deal. Forty million. And it's all right, dude. Get the back. Get the bag if you can, CP3. And I love yeah. Devin Booker. I love what the Suns did this year. I was high as shit on the Suns. But I saw that they lost their VP of basketball operations. I saw that they lost their assistant coach to another squad. I saw that they are now bringing back CP3. He'll be there until I think he's 41. And <laughs> let me just say something, man. I, I gen, It hurts me to say this because I thought CP3 had a really great chance this year to win a ring. Now with Russ going to Lakers, and if Melo makes it to the Lakers, I'm talking to my brother this morning, I'm like, damn, bro, Russ and Melo, they about to win a ring with LeBron. Where's that leave CP3? Fucking off in the dust, bro. Because I don't think the, the Suns, even with how CP3 made them a playoff, perennial playoff, make a run in the playoff team this year, are going to be able to repeat that next year, the year after that, going forward. Devin Booker is going to have to be that dude if that's the case. And I don't know if yeah. Devin Booker's that dude. Like, CP3 has shown what happens when he's not able to be himself. They're not going to win. And... This postseason, it came up at the wrong time, in the finals, after game one. But let me just say, he's got to do that for a whole year times four years. Bro, his best chance was just just a month ago, 
And I don't think he's going to sniff it again. For sure. Any player's best chance is the chance you just had in the finals, unless you're LeBron and you know you're going to get back next year or something. But horrifying that he's going to be getting paid $40 million in the 2025 postseason when he's 41 years old. Um, <laughs> but Did I just but, get an update? Hold on. I really don't want to. I really don't want to interrupt you, but I think I just got an update that Andre Drummond just went to the Sixers. Dude, I, I sent that to you, like, before we started potting. You told me that Andre Drummond went to the Sixers? In our group chat, like, an hour before we started potting in the Instagram chat. I did not know that. That's... Oh, yeah. That's weird. Yeah. There's no, I mean, it was what I said before. He's not good. There's no market so for him. So he's basically just backing back up Joel Embiid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it's fine for Whatever. the Sixers. Like good backup to have for them but like for him like tough tough fall from graces i I don't know what we were just talking about to be honest oh chris but yeah the last thing i'll say is i think it's great that they brought back campaign because i think now they know they could be a threat in the postseason or that they're a good team so they probably don't have to push chris paul as far especially because i got him wrapped up for four years in the regular season like I wouldn't expect Chris Paul to be making any more all-star teams, any more all-NBA teams. He'll be good, but if I were the Phoenix Suns, I'd be playing him like 28 minutes a night. He'd never be cracking 30 minutes. Like, he is saved for the postseason. I got campaign wrapped up for three years. Campaign can play 25 minutes a night. Chris Paul can play 28 minutes a night. Like, I think that's what they're going to be doing. They're going to be resting Chris Paul, like, as much as possible in games to try and have him good to go for the postseason. But, yeah, this year was probably his best chance. Uh, yeah, dude, I think that's a bad signing. I think it's a bad signing for CP3 if if what he's trying to do is win a championship. Uh, if you're trying uh, to be the guy no. that is... You don't turn away. If you were trying to go to the Lakers, he would have had to literally cost himself, like, $100 million. Like, he's not. He's just not going to do that. And he's got... Dude, you know Chris Paul by now. He's got pride. That dude's stuck with OKC. You know he's not... That's what I said last time. You know he's not after being in the finals being like, damn, that was our only shot. Like... You're right. It was his best shot, but you know that's not how he's thinking as an ultra-competitive guy. If you were in his shoes, you wouldn't be like, fuck, now we're screwed. Time to go play with LeBron. You'd be like, nah, we got right there. We got this. <sighs> we got You know this. that's how you'd be thinking if you were in his shoes. You wouldn't You wouldn't be like, oh, time to go play with someone else and win. Like, I get it from the fan's point of view, but you know if you were him, that's not what you would be saying. I mean, I understand that point of view, but I guess if that's really the way he feels, is is did he not just think that what they just where they just were was their best shot? Like, does he not just think of how Probably, injured the fucking league was during that run? Shot. It, they, their other shots won't be as good, but to him, I'm saying in like a competitor's head, you're not being like, well, now we'll never win. You're kind of like, no, we're gonna get this. Like, we got this. Like, even if even if you're wrong, I'm just saying that's what he's thinking. Yeah, I know. You're right. Um, all right, I know you got to go, so I'll just skip, uh, what I was going to ask you, which was like, what's going to happen with Kawhi and DeRozan and any of these other guys. And I I just want to give you, I just want to give you a little clout here because one, you were right about Aaron Rodgers. I was wrong. So I got to throw that in there. Two, um, we're still waiting to see what happens with. USA basketball, but they did advance to the semis. I saw Australia coming back in the fourth quarter against Argentina this morning. So I think it's Australia against USA on Thursday. So you're still in on that regard, even though my guy Luca is still undefeated, 16-0. And it's looking like if he can win another game, they'll have to play Luca in the finals. I'm all for that shit. 
Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, but definitely give you your props for Rodgers. Uh, if you have anything to say about that quick. And I know Chewy's not here. He would normally throw in the birthdays just before I let you go. Guess whose birthday it is today, bro? I have no clue. No clue? Literally zero clue. With how, with how much I really would never cover the birthdays. And I saw whose Russell birthday was. Russell Westbrook? Nah, it's know. not. It's not. Even though... It's your boy Tommy Brady's 44th uh, birthday today. Oh, uh, okay, okay. And he's I'm getting that on Instagram already. showered with celebrations. And I'm like, dude, whatever, bro. Happy birthday. I don't care. Good luck. Anyways, before you got to go, uh, glad we got to catch up at least a little bit today. I don't know. I've been trying to cover up all this stuff that's been going on. The notes seem to be endless and... Chewie's yeah, not around, good, so good chat and for sure more stuff to cover for the next time. I'm literally just going through random transactions now to see if there were any. Ooh, the Jazz. Ones. We didn't touch on the Jazz. You said you like Rudy Gay, yeah, Mike like Conley, Rudy Gay. Mike I mean, Conley going a... back to. The, I think the Jazz is an interesting one, and uh, I didn't cover the other six, uh, the other four picks in the top ten because I mentioned Giddy and how I thought it was a terrible pick, but uh, I like the Grizzlies pick, Zaire Williams, number ten. Um, yeah, checking in on a couple of those others. I thought Davion Mitchell to the Kings, as much as I think the Kings are sorry. Uh, uh Jonathan Kaminga to the Warriors, bro. Like, I'm, I was so fucking pissed the Thunder didn't take him. And the Warriors, I mean, there's this, there's this on one. Kaminga now. People, people fell on him. I'm not totally sure why. But I don't understand guy, why either. I got a dip, but the biggest guys left we got still waiting on. We got Kawhi Leonard, John Collins, DeMar DeRozan, Dinwiddie, technically. Kelly Oubre, Dennis Schroeder, Laurie Markkinen, still without a team, Reggie Jackson, Oladipo, wow. Hart, Kendrick Nunn, Iguodala, but Mello. Most of the guys out there got a team, big names, J.J. Redick, Malik Monk, but a few other guys still out there to see where they land. That is a good amount of guys, so we'll be able to clean up uh, yeah. everything that's happened and all those guys when they get signed. We'll try and go through all the teams. That sounds like a fun one. All right, man. Glad we got to catch up today. Enjoy the rest of your day of work, and hopefully we'll catch up soon. I know Chewy sure. said he'd be on the games and shit because he probably has COVID. So um, I'm about to I'm about to hop on after I finish up the pod. I'll talk to you guys then. All right, see you, brother. Peace. Peace. Uh, yeah. So I'll try and get through some reads before I head out of here. Blast through a couple solo takes, and that'll probably be it for today. Be right back here on the Seggy Station. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Sega Station is brought to you by Callie's Love. A man's best friend is his dog. Shout out to Ruskin Mutt to many, but a life-saving companion to me. To me, nothing promotes true home happiness in a household by a loving companion or pet. Especially at a time like this, get yourself a lovable pet friend like mine. Show the animal shelter, pound and nursery. Save their life and they just might save yours. Now it's time for your Sports Center update. I saw running back Devontae Freeman and the Saints have reached an agreement on a one-year deal. Be interesting to see how the Saints do, obviously. After Drew Brees' retirement, still waiting to hear who will be quarterback in the team. Saw the Mavericks were trading Josh Richardson to the Celtics. Also saw the Celtics potentially bring in Isaiah Thomas back. I uh, didn't mention the Celtics with Rich. Didn't mention the Mavs with Rich. Four years, $74 million, Tim Hardaway Jr. But I do think the Mavs are looking a little bit better than the Celtics. Starting to question what's going on with Brad Stevens. Saw Tristan Thompson was also traded to the Hawks for Chris Dunn in a 2023 second-round pick. Just another shot at Brad Stevens. Mentioned a little bit of USA men's basketball. They are victory 95-81 yesterday over Spain. 
Argentina and Australia. They faced off, I believe, today. 13-hour difference in Tokyo. It's tough to keep up with all the sports, the Olympic sports. I've been trying to follow them as much as possible. I saw KD at 29 points. He also passed Melo as the top Olympic scorer in men's basketball history. We'll see if USA Basketball is able to get the gold. Colts quarterback Carson Wentz to have foot surgery. He is out what will be anywhere from 5 to 12 weeks, and we got a lot of smoke coming in on that. Got something to say there. I saw quarterback Ewers leaving high school early to play for the Buckeyes. Also saw number two uh, commit for the Buckeyes, decommit, as we're starting to see some of this name image likeness and the college football playoff. Decision coming with college football starting in a couple weeks. I saw Ravens sign Ed Rusher, Justin Houston to a one-year, $4 million deal. Nick Chubb, running back Nick Chubb, three-year extension worth $36.6 million with the Browns. Saw Kanye once announced that Donda will release on August 5th. We'll see if that actually pans out, as I believe he's still living in the Mercedes-Benz arena. Dude's whack. Uh, the Packers are trading for Randall Cobb. Texans receive a 2022 sixth-round pick. Aaron Rodgers all happy riding around in his custom golf cart in the streets. We'll see how the Packers do now that Rodgers is back. I was certainly wrong about that. Reggie Bush won't get his 2005 Heisman back as the NCAA decides not to reverse the penalties after the new name image like this regu regulations that were changed. The Giants cut Kelvin Benjamin. Before the first training camp practice, as Calvin Benjamin rips Joe Judge, quote, the coach was doing everything to kind of sabotage the situation. I saw Joe Judge was furious after a practice brawl Tuesday morning, two rounds of push-ups and running sprints. This man Joe Judge is basically Paulie Mack, and I'm all for it. I'm not for Kelvin Benjamin not being a part of the team because I didn't know it was going to work out at tight end. Anyways, I'm pumped for the New York Giants. I'm pumped for the NBA implementing new rules to reduce non-basketball moves used to draw fouls. I saw cornerback Xavion Howard has requested a trade. And finally, I saw the 2021-2022 20, PGA Tour schedule has been announced with significant changes upcoming next season, including collaboration with the European Tour to co-section three events. Tune it back in. Nick Seglin here, Seggy Station Podcast. Appreciate all the love and support for the podcast. Appreciate Rich making it through to talk a little sports today much love to chew who was trying to make it through to talk some sports today wasn't able to do so hope he's okay hope everybody's okay obviously covid still impacting a lot of people and continuing to do so so hopefully things get a little bit better here with people really figuring out that it's not gone and we should probably do a little bit better of not only trying to make sure ourselves are okay but others around us and we'll see how things go with, obviously, COVID still impacting sports and society. Um, I'll finish up taking my break, come back, throw in a few solos before I get out of here for the day. It was absolutely wild. Uh, it was definitely disappointing um, that Chu couldn't make it today. There's tons of stuff going on in the MLB, and the trade deadline was wild. The Mets and all the trades and... Anything that we could cover in the MLB today would have been fire to touch on. Um, I won't do as much of that because Chu wasn't able to be making it. Uh, I'm looking forward to having him come through so we can talk about it. Um, I was pumped to talk about it as much as 
I'm not the biggest baseball guy. Uh, I think there's a lot of great baseball news right now. And we'll look forward to seeing how the rest of the baseball season goes and when I can link back up with you. Uh, I did need to touch on the Olympics, though. A few stories in the Olympics, particularly Simone Biles. Um, what an absolute shame. Uh, some of the things being said about this incredible woman, uh, Simone Biles, who had the courage to kind of make her situation current to the public uh, with mental health, with the twisties, the yips, if you're a golfer, mental blocks, hurdles, whatever you want to call it, but strictly bringing more awareness to mental health. And I think since I've been doing my podcast and I've been trying to cover more aspects of mental health in sports, I've seen more sports reach out and touch on mental health. I've seen more athletes been able to come out and touch on mental health. And what burns me more is some of the responses these play these people get. Like people calling Simone Biles a quitter, like dude, what the fuck are you talking about? She has 7 Olympic medals in the last 2 Olympic two Olympics. Uh I mean, I don't know exactly how many medals she has total, but I know she's well decorated, full head to toe in her resume where she has nothing to prove to anybody. And for her just to get back out there after withdrawing from a few events and getting bronze in that finals beam was incredible. Just to see how she was able to overcome lots of fucking people coming at her saying she's a quitter, giving her all kinds of slander, and then obviously the bigots or anything else, bots you want to call them on social media responding where, let's just be real, that stuff is always going to happen. And these athletes, and particularly all individuals, have to deal with that because that's just what's allowed and what's happening in today's day and age of social media, of everyone being able to get out there and say whatever the fuck they want to say, even if it's the most disrespectful, not even on false, whatever. It's all it's all able to be put out there. And for Simone Biles to get over all that, and to get over all, all this stuff that was being said about her, and to get back out there, after having to withdraw and after struggling with mental health, you know, it brings great pride in someone like me that I think mental health has affected me. And I think that going forward, I've worked on myself. I've, I've gone through a lot of this battle by myself. I've lost people along the way and I've found new ways to bring happiness into my life. One of them being this podcast and a day like today was a day where I was super excited to do it. Getting rich here, getting chewier to talk some MLB, seeing all the things happening, seeing how Simone Biles was treated and, and being able to come at those people and say, dude, you couldn't do a lick of what Simone Biles has done in, in her career and you're just sitting there with no profile pic on Twitter uh, talking shit. You know, I covered uh, Alan Robinson, I think, saying if you don't have a profile pic on twitter uh you're a weirdo i'm gonna take it a step further and be like bro if you don't have a profile pic on twitter you shouldn't be able to fucking tweet because to me those are the people that are out here saying the shit where people are just literally getting upset to a point where it gets out of control and for me simone biles is nothing but a hero to all people women men anybody that has to look at somebody who's 
struggling and able to overcome that struggle and to put it out in the public and to deal with all that pressure and heat and to still get it done and win a bronze medal, it's incredible. Uh, the Olympics themselves have been pretty spectacular. Uh, the fact that they've been able to get this thing done, keep them going, even with some people dropping out due to COVID, positive tests, tracing, all the things that have kind of gone into it, um, it is impressive. Obviously during a state of emergency, obviously doing, during COVID getting worse, literally what seems to be by the second here in the U.S., um, to see these athletes compete under those circumstances, isolation, constant testing, all this random stuff that no one would think about unless you're there living it or unless you're on lockdown like we were and you were living it, it affected a lot of people's mental health. It affected how a lot of people think and view a lot of different things. And to see us now kind of cracking back out of it, what may be cracking back into it, and seeing the Olympics go through and get done in a two-week span during this pressure, which, in my opinion, wasn't much different now when they canceled it back in 2020. And to see all these Olympic sports, new Olympic sports, all these athletes competing with no spectators, no family, no support, having to be as precise in such short periods of time with all of what they do on the line, training, the hours, the tread put in to that craft. It's it's actually unreal and so easy to be able to appreciate if you know anything about sport, teamwork, individual sport, practice, precision to anything that you do and it doesn't have to be just sport it could be things that you have passion for podcasting writing singing drawing all kinds of things in order for you to get better you need to practice you need to go outside of your fear box you need to go in and struggle versus adversity and all those things that that it brings and when I look at the Olympics and I'm watching the Olympics and I'm seeing all that going on and then on top of all that going on, you got people still winning medals in the Olympics going on even though under much different circumstances. And then there's the funny stuff and and the dressage and Snoop Dogg calling dressage and all these other sports that I'm watching, badminton, ping pong, water polo and just being able to appreciate how they're doing that. All these countries, all these different sports, all these events in such a short period of time. At a 13-hour time difference from where I'm at, trying to keep up with all that. Um, it's something special with everything else going on in sports. MLB trade deadline, NBA draft, NBA free agency, NFL coming up, training camps, Hall of Fame game this week. I mean, it's endless. Sports have been really ripping since they've come back pre trying to figure out what's good with COVID, but how much longer is it going to be where we can continue doing that if we're seeing some of the stuff that's happening currently in the Olympics? Um, I did need to touch on Xander Schauffele, who won gold in the individual men's golf event, uh, which is now back in the Olympics, was back in 2016, and before that wasn't an Olympic sport. Had somebody asked me, is golf an Olympic sport? Are you fucking kidding me? First off, 
how many other Olympic sports are there 60 players in the field? And I know that's light for a golf event, but if somebody can get back to me and tell me there's more than 60 people in a swimming event, um, I and mean, I get qualifications maybe, but the actual Olympic event, more than 60, none other than golf. Watching that golf tournament on that golf course, seeing Xander Schauffele win gold under them circumstances after before his first round in which he shot three under, he was staying at a Holiday Inn because he didn't want to be at the Olympic Village because it was too far away from the golf course, not because of COVID. And the hotel he was staying in lost power. It was like 90-something degrees in his hotel room. Didn't sleep well, obviously, under those circumstances. Went out, shot three under, got back, got some sleep, got normal, shot eight under the next day, never looked back, won the gold. USA takes home gold. Xander Schauffele takes home gold. And what a story for Xander Schauffele, who's been so close in so many majors, who's been so consistent on the PGA Tour, but really hasn't gotten it done at the type of rate you would expect from a guy who plays that type of golf at that type of level. One gold, paid homage to his father. Just incredible the scenery for Xander Schauffele. And then you take it a step further to the silver medal with Rory Sabatini, who shot 61 on Sunday to get into that position. We had 10, 15 players in medal consideration heading into the final day. You had a seven-player playoff, four extra holes, in which CT Pan won bronze. Dude's, I think, the shortest PGA Tour player, and that's also a good look for me. Looking in on that playoff that I was watching, that at some point, it was at 3.30 in the morning here Eastern Time. I don't know what the fuck time it was over there. Xander Schauffele, as I mentioned, wins gold. Sabatini wins silver. CT the bronze. But you had Colin Morikato, Miti... Pereira, Sebastian Munoz, Rory McIlroy, Hideki Matsuyama, and Paul Casey, who went out in the first playoff hole, and Joaquin Neiman, seven players part of that playoff, taking place at some part of three-something in the morning. Uh, the golf tournament was incredible. You got the women's event taking place this week. Obviously, the Olympics wrapping up, I believe, this week, and all the stuff going into this final week of medals still handed Handing out, good luck keeping track with the medal count, but I believe we have the U.S. the most medals, not the most gold, but the most overall medals. China at this point with the most gold. Um, it seems to be changing rapidly, so I don't even want to get into those numbers until it's over, but the Olympics have been something special, obviously, for all the reasons I just mentioned. Uh, let's see. I covered a lot of the NBA with Rich, so I'll skip over that and save that for some of the next solo bursts. I'll touch on a little bit of the MLB in a quick solo burst in homage to Chu. Um, the MLB trade deadline was absolutely wild. Uh, as I mentioned before I turned back on the recording, you had ex-Cubs all homer in their debuts. Anthony Rizzo Friday for the Yankees, who went from the, obviously the Cubs to the Yankees. Jave Baez on Saturday for the Mets who went, obviously, from the Cubs to the Mets. Shout out to you. And Chris Bryan, who he wanted Sunday for the Giants, who went, obviously, from the Cubs to the Giants, which is absolutely wild. They are the first trio of former teammates in the modern era to start the season on the same team and then all homer for their respective debuts with their new team later that season. Wild stat. Shout out to you. I know Chu would have some wild stats for me on this crazy MLB trade deadline. I'm not much of a baseball guy, so maybe it sounds like a hot take, 
but to me this seemed like the best MLB trade deadline of all time. A lot of deals all over the place. Both teams trying to sell, both teams trying to buy, and where they're going to come out of it on the latter half of 50 games or whatever it is after the trade deadline. Obviously the Yankees going all in, trying to get back in the playoff hunt. I was on the record saying they weren't going to do so even after making all these moves. They went and swept the Marlins their first series post all these moves. Can they get back in the playoffs? All Yankees fans hoping they can. Red Sox making a move for Kyle Schrober. Shout out Dukes. I saw the White Sox who are in contention. Shout out to myself in there for a closer from the Cubs who basically got rid of their entire team and blew it all the way up. Um... The Mets making a move and making a few moves, obviously with a few guys on the IL. What does that mean for the Mets? What are they going to be come postseason time? Are they going to be able to get through this month with DeGrom now on the IL, which is what I saw until September? Uh, you know, I hate being right about some things, but I was certainly right about that. And I know Chu would have had something to say about it, but I would have had something to say back. And for Chu, during this time, with DeGrom on the IL, even the team looking great, it's got to be tough with what he was on pace to do this season with the Mets uh, type of guy who's the best pitcher of all time for a lot of people, um, not just Chu. Uh, Shohei Itani, man, he's been incredible. I showed Chu what I had to show him. I would have showed it, I'm sure, on the Twitch stream if Chu was here because he would have shown it. Um, he's leading the league in home runs. I see Vlad Jr., what he's doing. But I don't see anybody touching this kid, Shohei Itani, this year. He's going to lead the league in home runs. And that's just incredible for a guy who's out there with a three ERA and playing in the field. Um, I saw Tatis Jr. go down with a shoulder. How long he's going to be on the IL, who knows. And what that means for the Padres, who also made some moves postseason MLB trade deadline uh, time. I don't even know why I'm saying postseason. Because I guess it's going to come down to the postseason. And what it's going to be like in the postseason for the Padres is to tease healthy. Dodgers absolutely stacked all-star team going forward. I mean, regardless of what they decide they want Trevor Bauer back or not, which we all wait to see happens with him and Deshaun Watson, by the way, um, two situations that have gotten extremely ugly in the public eye. Uh, athletes, very, uh, very just uh, tough for, for themselves, obviously. Uh, I don't know which one's worse. They're both terrible, but how are these guys going to be able to make it back onto a squad? What it's going to be like when they do so are, are stories that obviously we're going to have to wait and see how they play out. Um, but the Dodgers, man, that the Dodgers and the Yankees, man, that shit's fucking tough because as much as I'm going to say this MLB trade down has been great and as much as I'll root for the Padres all day, how the fuck are they going to beat the Dodgers? As much as I want Chewy's Mets to do well, how are they going to beat the Dodgers? And when I go look, and what the Yankees did, regardless of how low they were in the division, how much I want to sit here and say the Yankees fucking suck, because I think they do. They've been sucking all year. Man, they got a damn all-star team. And even with Garrett Cole testing positive for the virus I saw today or yesterday, as I mentioned, Lamar Jackson, and more people tested positive and positive for COVID again. Man, the Yankees are stacked, bro. And if they, if they get back up in just to a wild-card spot, anything can happen, as Chu will always say. Anything can happen in any game, any sport. And it'll be interesting to see. Uh, these last 40 or so ever games it is, obviously, uh, for the MLB. I saw Joey Gallo traded as well. 
uh, to the Yankees, as I mentioned, from the Rangers. Uh, he's been an absolute slugger. And when you go and look at what the Yankees were doing from the left side of the plate, they only had 22 home runs all year by le- Yankees left-handed batters, and Joey Gallo has 25, clearly an upgrade. Um, you know, it just seems kind of unfair. And it's just like a we- it's just weird for that sport um, to kind of just be able to have stacked teams like that so quick uh, out of nowhere just because they can pay for it. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting with baseball for me. And... We'll just see. Uh, I saw the Carson Wentz thing, which obviously isn't ideal, but I just want to say real quick on the way out here, start a quick bell on that. Um, He's dealing with a lot of adversity, mental blocks, and obviously all the stuff he dealt with last year. And and now, obviously, a 5- to 12-week injury um, isn't ideal for him, but I just want to mention we're still five weeks away from week one. So, you know, is he going to be on that? five week or 12 week because to me that's a big gap and you'll have to just wait and see post recovery how he's doing um closer to five closer to 12 either way you expect him to miss a couple games and their first couple games aren't easy um you know all they have there in indianapolis right now behind him is jacob eason uh fourth rounder out of washington and sam ellinger who I, i think is out of texas i think he was drafted a couple years back uh, not much. A lot of people talking about Nick Foles. A lot of people talking about pr- trying to bring back Phillip Rivers. Uh, you know, to me, that's not going to be good for Carson Wentz's psyche either. Um, Carson Wentz is slipping in this this territory, and it's weird because he's on uh, the team of this player uh, in which he did this. This Andrew Luck territory, man. Uh, back fractures, ACL, now a foot. Man's been injured, man's been battered, and man's been literally beat up mentally through and through, struggling with his mental health, and clearly was doing so with the Philadelphia Eagles last year with all the things that were going on and all the things that came out prior to his trade. During his trade and after his trade, that stuff has continued to go on, and the Colts have reported that they are still on a continuing process to build up his confidence, mental capacity, and all things involved in that. And... It's funny how that's not brought up as much when Carson Wentz is having to deal with some of this stuff, yips, all that, twisties, but Simone Biles is draped through the coals because she quit? Nah, dude, she didn't quit. And the other thing that I think is funny, and I don't think Carson Wentz is going to quit just yet, but hey, it could get that way depending on how things go for him. And the reason why I think it's not quitting for himself if he decides to walk away similar to Andrew Luck is if you're doing so because of your mental health because of all the injuries I mean what it seemed Carson Wentz was doing with the Philadelphia Eagles was straight up causing problems and quitting um Doug Peterson basically quitting on the season um I think those are two different things. I think it'll be interesting to see kind of how things go here with this now injury for Carson Wentz and how things go kind of post-injury for Carson Wentz, who is still trying to prove himself for a team that a lot of people are saying are contenders in the AFC. I'm just not buying that. Um, I think the Colts are going to struggle, particularly if Carson Wentz is not there. And even if Carson Wentz is there, what is Carson Wentz going to be? I don't think enough to have the Colts as contenders. Uh, It's kind of sad to see what's going on uh, through Carson Wentz 
and the rest of his career. Um, I saw Dak Prescott was a little banged up. Uh, I don't I don't expect him to play in the postseason. Um, the preseason, I'm sorry. Well, he's only one one postseason game anyway, so I guess that's why I said that. The preseason that's going to start up here this week, technically, um, and then get going. Uh, it'll be interesting to see some of these teams, some of these new players, rookies. Uh, I saw Devontae Smith go down for two to three weeks with an MCL sprain for the Eagles. Not ideal. Um, a lot of things just looking up for the G-men who just keep sliding under the radar. And even though they're making headlines because Joe Judge is acting like Pauly Mack, I'd rather see Joe Judge acting like Pauly Mack than what I've been seeing in the past. And heading out of here on this, things got to change at some point. Um, not only with the Giants and how I think this will be finally the year we can say, all right, like we actually have a respectable football team and whatever that means in what I think will still be a pretty weak division, uh, hopefully we can stand out. Hopefully we can uh, compete in the NFC and be a legitimate squad come postseason time. Um, I truly think this this season will be that year as much as it comes across as bias. As this is definitely my most favorite team to support. Uh, I do think all the moves and all the things that I see out of Joe Judge and what I think Daniel Jones could do with now all these weapons and Saquon Barkley hopefully back healthy by, I hope, week three. Um, it's all great. And... Really, it's a mindset thing. Uh, getting to link up with Rich today. Getting to finally get back here and do the pod after not being around for a whole week. Uh, just real busy, not only at work, but trying to figure out things when I'm out at work. Um, trying to do a little more. Trying to take care of things, not only for myself, um, but not really just always trying to... Uh, worry as much and be as down and depressed as much and it's got me feeling slightly better even though I've feel like I've lost things along the way and people along the way and when I come down to what sports have done and what the podcasts have done and even getting to talk to my neighbor and and trying to feel the right vibes going forward regardless if I'm alone or not um doing things that make me happy and trying to do as much with my dog which makes me happy do things that bring out the best in me regardless of how I'm feeling um, has really been the way uh, I've been missing a lot of people obviously um, even Chu who I didn't even get to link up with uh, but I got to see for a minute um, I think things over time change um, regardless of how hard it is regardless of how you're feeling and I think it's not only my time I think it's the New York Giants time I think it's a lot of people's time to to shine to show their worth and to really stand out and um as much as it's been a hard, hard, long road to get to this point of almost feeling like, all right, like, let's get your shit together. Um, I think 
I've come out a stronger and a better person on the other side of all this. Uh, COVID, um, my podcast, sports, all the people that have been a part of all of that for me, which has basically been the last three or plus years of my life um, that have really changed everything. Um, it just means so much uh, to feel like some people are here on this journey with me along the way even though they're not and to feel better coming out of it because of things that I've done along the way um, with my podcast covering sports personally for myself um, and I'm excited to keep that going I'm, I'm always excited to to welcome anybody that wants to talk any sports uh, I'm always looking for more people to check out and and try and help support my podcast um, as much as I feel like I've done as much as I can for that. I will continue to always do that. Um, it's always been kind of nice for me uh, to have people always supporting what I'm doing and knowing that at the end of the day... Um, you know, people that don't support me, um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wave on that. Uh, it's been a while, man. It's been, been a busy time in sports. Uh, this week in particular was crazy with all the things I mentioned and all the things I missed today. Uh, just trying to catch up all the way through and through. With the NBA draft, I saw Jason Preston headed to the Clippers, number 33 overall pick. Saw Mac McClung undrafted to the Lakers. Uh, I see the quotes and all the stuff Simone Biles and everybody's doing the Olympics. Xander Schauffele. Um, I saw the Serena Williams movie that, I don't know if it's Will Smith, it kind of looked like him. Expected to come out, I think later this fall. Looks super ideal. Still trying to check in on Space Jam. Obviously covered Russell Westbrook and his comments. Thank you, DC. I will forever be grateful and appreciative of my experience with the organization. And in a long post, um, Russell Westbrook heading to the Lakers. I saw Suni Lee wins gold at the all-around gymnastics event for the USA. Shout out to Suni Lee, who did so without Simone Biles. Simone Biles, who made it back and won a bronze medal at the balance beam final, was absolutely spectacular, along with everything else she did for all people struggling, dealing with all the things, any things that people struggle with on a daily basis. Um, I think it not only raises the light on how much some of these athletes carry on their shoulders and how challenging it can be but also how it can be like that for just the average individual and what seeing some of this stuff come out in the public in the sports media means for all of us uh, i think is is important uh, i saw ron rivera is beyond frustrated that so many players are unvaccinated um, obviously the coach is immune deficiency following cancer treatment last year obviously 
those talks continue to happen between unvaccinated, vaccinated, not only in the NFL, but everywhere. And going forward, how that's going to play out um, is really is really almost scary to me at this point. Um, you know, I know Aaron Rodgers made it back to the Packers, and I was wrong about that. But I saw him speak. I saw him bash and absolutely rip the Packers organization. And I know going forward, it seems like he'll be there this year. But I think that'll be his last year. So I don't think the Packers are going to make a run like they have to back-to-back NFC Championship games. And even if they do, is a three-peat, losing, not getting to the Super Bowl. I think Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys where it almost seems he's overrated. He almost hypes himself up too much in not only the media, but with some of his comments. And... You know, that stuff right there is what, what keeps me going. I always wonder, well, people are going to listen to some of the shit Aaron Rodgers is saying. If some of the shit these bots are saying, I'm sure some people will want to listen to me. Um, I appreciate all the people that do. I appreciate all the people that support the podcast and like following and checking in on sports. Um, hopefully I'll be back soon. That's all I had for the airwaves today. I'll try to cover as much as I can, try and cover as much as I can when I get back. But that's all I had for the airwaves today. Appreciate all listening as always. And as always, I started not shame what I had to say. So I'm just a man with a nickname. Till next time, everybody, peace and love. Stay safe out there. You're listening to Saggy Station.